Welcome. I'm Lauren Ash, and you're listening to the Black Girl in Ohm podcast. Black Girl in Ohm exists to hold and catalyze healing within Black women around the world on their unique journeys towards wholeness. We support the necessary transformation, spiritual awakening, consciousness shifts, and intergenerational healing occurring within the diaspora. This podcast is a warm embrace, soothing realness, and conscious girl talk. Come into conversation with me and our spirit-centered guests. Let the journey begin. I am taking my own deep inhale and exhale, (sighs) y'all. Because that is what this conversation feels like for me. It was so amazing to have Layla come in, kick it on the couch with me. We drank tea. (laughs) We connected before and after the podcast about life. She is a soul sister of mine, um, definitely a nourishing presence in my life. And as many of you longtime listeners know, this is her second time on the show. We are in awe of and celebration of Layla because her phenomenal first book, and yes, I'm speaking that in the universe, first book, Vibrate Higher Daily, Live Your Power, came out the same week that we were able to record this episode. If you have not gotten your copy, run on over (laughs) to everywhere books are sold and get yours. This book is powerful. So Layla is an author, a spiritual writer, and wellness educator. She's the founder of VibrateHigherDaily.com. Her work is a response to her journey, which is so powerful, y'all. Nothing that she's sharing with us, she has not deepened into in her own journey. And it's also a response to the current world we live in, share, navigate, and journey in and through daily. She can be found featured in Glamour Magazine, Thoughtfully Magazine, Essence, Girl Boss, Goop, Black Girl and Ohm, of course, and My Body green among other phenomenal platforms she has held talks given workshops and participated in panel discussions at south by southwest with yours truly girl boss rally i was also there girl boss retreat in goop health the wing and create cultivate self-care summit among more her best-selling book vibrate higher daily live your power is published with harper one publishers and is available everywhere books are sold i also just want to mention that she invites us as her readers to step into their power so as you're listening to this conversation perhaps identify where is it in your life that you have been hesitant about stepping into your power where is it in your life that you have been shrinking either because of external circumstances forces situations people systems of oppression but where have you also kept yourself small and know that Layla is here to really affirm that we have this powerful innate ability to be in tune with our agency our intuition and our intention enjoy the conversation y'all and be sure to follow Layla over at uh, Layla Delia on Instagram and to check out her work and her courses at vibratehigherdaily.com Okay, y'all. So I am in the studio with Layla Delia, author of Vibrate Higher Daily, Live Your Power. And we have been talking for the past 30 minutes. Yes. (laughs) Per usual. And then we thought, you know, 
why don't we get officially started with this conversation yeah. about the powerful work that you have been cultivating and bringing forth in the world that I really see as the culmination of your entire life story mm. and those who came before you. And I'm getting chills just oh. even saying that. <laughs> Same. Oh my goodness, yes. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah, that's what yeah. it feels like for you too? Absolutely does. Yeah. It does. It feels like this continuation. And a lot of times, like when I didn't have the power, so I thought mm-hmm. in me, I had to draw on something else. Yes. And when I started learning about the genome and the ancestral memory that's in me, I mm-hmm. started drawing on that even. So that's why the subtitle is Live Your Power. Because, yes. you know, sometimes we have to draw on something bigger than ourselves, more ancient than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's what it was. And then so many things I'm sure we'll get into today, but so many things that I was able to draw in as the magnetic being that we all are. Um, I was able to draw it to myself in order to have it to empower me and, you know, to help me alchemize my life. I love alchemize. And we always talk about being the alchemist of our lives. Uh, You talk a lot about being the hero of your own life as well. We're going to get into all of that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we discuss the book more in depth, I'd love to honor the process that you went through to even have this physical, beautiful, (laughs) you know, text that I'm holding in my hands. Like, it's was something that you created amidst and on the heels of something that you refer to in your book, I think, as a sacred disruption, you know, a a moment in your life that you don't anticipate, you can't anticipate. And when it happens, you have choice about how to respond. And it also came after living life. And I want to emphasize that because in the wellness industry within the West, at least, and also within spiritual communities, there's a lot of topics, a lot of concepts that are really trendy and popular. And I think that what you offer is from a place of real depth and real wisdom <laughs> that is both from your own personal life and then from you know borrowed traditions and your own ancestral lineage. Yeah. So I'd love to give space for you to share more about the process of allowing this book to be manifested <laughs> in the world. Yeah, well, thank you for all of that. And I was just leaning in like, yes, yes, Lauren. <laughs> yes, so the process, that's exactly what it is. It's its a creative birthing and it's something that I'm clear was in me the whole time. It was the seed form, the little seedling. And it took every experience I've been through in my life, good, bad, toxic, negative, positive, to water that seed, to eventually turn into my life's work, yes. to turn into this book. And that's one thing that I've seen just time and time again, is that everything you go through, if you follow your passions, your gifts, and you get fear out of the way, Mm. no matter how hard you feel it is, that it all alchemizes, there's that word again, it all alchemizes into your good, you know? And, And I remember just being in the church as a little girl and, you know, as an adult, that Bible verse, mm-hmm. you know, that all things are working for your good. Yes. And they really are. And I was able to turn the pain, so much pain, 
so mm-hmm. much trauma, mm-hmm. so many highs, and so much joy. So my life was a balance. It was just this symphony of all the things, like all of our lives are. Mm-hmm. And I was able to put it into an art form, also into a form that could inspire and encourage yes. the healing process of other people. Because you know we are our own healers. We are who we've been waiting for. Yes. And so I just knew in my life, it was a matter of getting to vibrate higher and live your power mm-hmm. so that person can come out and live yes. because that person only comes out when we reach a certain vibration in our life when we get to a certain mindset mm-hmm. when we have the proper container for it mm-hmm. and really when you think about it <laughs> everything is guiding you to your higher self Ashe. yeah Ashe. Mm-hmm. and it's that self-actualization that allows you to feel like you're here in a meaningful way Mm -hmm. but then also in a fulfilling way yes and then you have purpose in your life and that's where this book for me everything made sense because it was meaningful work I was doing it was purpose filled for sure yes and it was fulfilling because I was doing what I love I love writing and so doing all of that daily became my my ritual last time we talked about you know just ritual and routine and I would get up early and activate theta, you know, when my theta brain waves were yes. still there. And yes. if, if I got up a little later than like four or five, because mm-hmm. this book got me up at those wow. hours and sometimes earlier, yes. sometimes it'd have me up late at night. Your spiritual alarm clock. And so, yeah, exactly. It was a spiritual alarm clock. And I just knew my role was to be obedient as its disciple. I really was showing up to the work every day, being that vessel, allowing that current to come through. Mm -hmm. Like, what did I have to eat? What do I need to refrain from during this time? Because I knew it was like a pregnancy. I just could not show up in life the same way, Mm -hmm. carrying this work, expecting to birth out the book that I desired to birth out and the book that wanted to be birthed out. And so it was a year of deep ritual living and it felt very monastic. I was in my monastery every day, which was my <laughs> home, and I had candles and incense. Like, I mean, it, this book was like all the things. She was like, I need this, I'm gonna need candles, incense, yes. I'm gonna need you to get massage, yes. to get reflexology, to work out, make sure you're just charging your energy, make sure you're raising your vibration. Like, mm-hmm. this book was my teacher and my healer, and so, I knew that it was going to have the power to do that for other people. Yes. Because it was putting this intent into the book. Yes. And the way that the way that I was so dedicated, I even went so much. As you know, I've been on a path of celibacy for it's six years now. Wow. Yeah. And even that I knew all my years leading up to writing this book Mm -hmm. that was part of it yeah and for me not saying that this is everyone's path but for me the most high my ancestors my angels sat me down in that way (laughs) it might not be sitting down anybody else but it sat me because that's about energy too yeah it was like ma'am we're gonna need you to (laughs) to put it on pause yes and now it's a lifestyle Mm -hmm. and almost to the point where not almost fully immersed mm-hmm. into the life of an ascetic and it's interesting because one of my favorite poets rabia mm-hmm. and rumi and so many others they were ascetics they mm. lived life not dating and just renouncing the world in certain ways right. and so as i talked about before one of my ultimate dreams is to be a monk and a nun and until I found out, you know, you have to renounce your children and your family. I'm like, well, I don't know if I can do all that. You know, that's just a little much for me. So yes. I, I just said that the way I live my life, mm-hmm. 
I can live a monastic life, you know, like the Buddhasattvas in the yes. Buddhist community. They live amongst the people instead of in the monasteries all day long. You yes. know, when they're finished with their work, they go back, but they're in the world serving and helping. Yes. And so I knew that that's what my life would be because I do desire to live a life that is in service mm-hmm. and holding space however I can. And then there's just this thing in me, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but it's just this place of searching for purity Mm. and and you know what I'm going to correct myself because as I just said that I know where it came from Mm. it came from my traumas Mm. of giving me you know a cleansing experience and reprieve and just allowing me to have a break Mm. in a lot of things I went through and then you know toxic relationships that I was in like Mm -hmm. all that added onto it and so I think that just taking my story my narrative back in that way even intimately and not dating and you know reframing from intimacy in that way Mm -hmm. was part of my healing because there was always something there I was trying to self-medicate with. Yes. And then I didn't understand until I fully let it go that the medicine can seep in deeper. Wow. You know, because it wasn't someone else's energy now tying in with mine because I understand that now in the Mm -hmm. vibrational work Mm -hmm. that I do is that who we're around, you know, who we're involved with, but intimate-wise, even more so, Mm -hmm. it's like this energetic entanglement. Yeah. And so you're not only doing everything like spiritually, emotionally, vibrationally for yourself, but there's also this other being that's attached to your energy field now. Mm -hmm. And so once I understood how separating that, especially if the person is not aware and they're not in a high vibrational state Mm -hmm. of awareness, Mm -hmm. they can be a drain. But if the person is high vibrational, then that's completely fine. But there's also just a period where you just have to cleanse and be away. And like I talk about in the book, one of the terrains, the Mm -hmm. desert. I put myself in that desert during this book. So all that could continue to do what it was doing and reveal to me why. And just even draw on that strength. Like that took a lot of strength. Wow. You know, sometimes we just have to look back on our lives and see how we've been strong when we don't realize that we're strong. Like, okay, yeah, I've been doing this for five years now and six years now I can draw on my same strength now to finish this book to push through and get this chapter done Mm -hmm. you know or to get through this writer's block Mm -hmm. so yeah that was a tangent but (sighs) it was everything it was everything (laughs) yeah I mean you really to me illuminate the integrity and the intentionality with which you approached this book Mm -hmm. and Beyond the book, too, because, you know, you're a wellness educator, you're a spiritual practitioner, you offer a lot, both in and outside of this book, how you're showing up in the world. And I just got so much clarity around you knowing who you are, which comes from living your power and reclaiming your power. Right. And everything you said about purity and everything you said about how the book told you and the work told you what it needed you to do (laughs) that's about like discernment intuition and being willing to be a vessel rather than saying okay i'm gonna do xyz and you're sticking to xyz because you're not flexible because you can't even see outside of that because you're not in a reciprocal relationship with spirit right so that was so beautiful thank you thank you yeah (laughs) thank you no it's so important you have to be flexible with your gifts like a palm tree like a palm tree in a storm is swaying it's not just there solid Mm -hmm. so it's not gonna crack and it's not gonna break Mm -hmm. it's gonna sway and when the storm passes it's fine it's beautiful standing you know in its correct posture then but I think that we have to be flexible on this path because a lot of times when we are carrying so much 
our vision gets cloudy. And then we get into the terrain that I talk about in the book, the Mm -hmm. metaphorical weather called the fog. Mm -hmm. And you need this inner compass that's going to guide you when when everything outside of you looks like i don't know which way to go yes i don't see any answers coming i don't see the way showing up yes. the help's not showing up so this inner compass this inner lighthouse this inner knowing that can guide you it takes time to tap into but it's there it's yes. there waiting to be accessed yes. and so the more that we give to ourselves take the time we need mm-hmm. breathe easy mm-hmm. as you say <laughs> you know it's how the fog disappears within yes. ourselves and we can see and that guides us yes it guides us forward well you just spoke to my life right now because I feel like I'm currently navigating some fog and your book has affirms a lot of where I'm at right now yeah so I'm not sure if I'm in the dark night of the soul which you touch on in your book which is as you speak Jose de la Cruz, you know, Mm -hmm. is really talking about this moment in our lives where we get sometimes what feels like an extremely rude awakening. Yeah. Everything's shifting. But we're really being called forth into an opportunity to step into like a higher aspect of consciousness, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's definitely where I'm at right now (laughs) in regards to my mindset as it relates to lack and scarcity and Mm -hmm. abundance and possibility. Yeah. And I have been given a mirror, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. from the universe Mm -hmm. to allow me to see all the areas that I need, not optional, but need to grow in order to go to the next level. Yeah. And that's the next level spiritually and then everything else, you know? Yeah. I think you could look at it just from a material perspective and say, oh, it's all about the career. It's all about black girl and home. It's like, no, this is about, this is a spiritual thing first and foremost, you know? And so reading (laughs) what you share in your text around this like underlying message of trusting, you know, trusting that everything is right on time. Yeah. What's one of the things that you say regarding that? Yeah. Well, it's just trusting the process. Mm-hmm. Like it mm-hmm. has a, a specific time. Yes. And what's so important is yes. that if we let it take all the time it needs, yes. it's going to show up. Yes. It's going to show up. But it's when yes. we, you know, when we're fidgeting and, you know, we're checking the oven too quick when we're baking <laughs> a cake, the cake falls. Yes. You know, and so. that's the challenging part. That <laughs> right. patience and that trust. That but that is, trust. Yeah. in large part, that's the point, though, too, that surrender. That's it. Mm-hmm. Because especially in today's times, but mm-hmm. when our grandparents and our ancestors were here, they didn't have all the fast lives and the you know the schedules and the cell phones and the notifications going off. They had time to sit all day and you know and just a novel idea. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, sit with the process and all that. And just to think, you had to wait till people got home to, <laughs> to talk to them, and you had to wait for letters to get through the mail. And you know, you didn't have the instant emails now. You didn't have the instant conversations on yes. the telephone or the text. Yeah. And so it's just. We're living rushed lives. Yes. We are the children of these patient people. Mm -hmm. They were patient because of their times. Of course, they didn't have the technology. Mm -hmm. But we have to look at technology and say, what is this doing to my spiritual life? Yes. Because if I'm always used to getting instant gratification, which I talk about in the book, it's then 
that becomes a crutch. And then I can't sit with my process That's when real. it comes to spirit. Because spirituality does not care about our technology. Yes. It is here to be above, beyond. Or our concepts of time Thank as well. You. <laughs> That's it. It's like, your what? Your technology? <laughs> your instant gratification? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what helps us in that is to tap into that patience, that sacred patience, yes. that sacred process. And I talk about in the book, you can be going through a dark night of the soul mm-hmm. and then in any terrain. So you can be going through your dark night of the soul in the ocean. Yeah. You can be going through it in the fog, in mm-hmm. the desert or up the mountain. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of realizing where are you? Are you in the dark night of the soul one? Yes. And then are you going through a terrain? Yes. That's two. And then in the terrain, then what weather is it in the terrain? Girl. So it's just these layers, right? Yes. So that we can unpack where we are right now. Yes. What is it that this has brought me to? Yeah. This terrain has brought me to the mountain or this terrain has brought me to the desert. What for? And there's always going to be a reason of significance. Yes. And then when we tap in, we understand how to survive now in this terrain mm-hmm. and in this weather. We become survivalist yes. and then overcomers versus it taking us out. Yes. You know, we don't become casualties on yes. the journey when we're in the desert, when we're going through the ocean, the waves, the turbulence. And so it's so important to honor that process, stay patient. And what's important too is that I talk about in the book, that middle journey. Mm -hmm. It's that tension of I'm not where I was, I'm not where I'm going, but I'm in between. And so it feels sometimes uncomfortable and a lot of people can have anxiety there or depression Mm -hmm. or feel like their life isn't moving forward on Mm -hmm. time maybe even feel like they've lost it Mm -hmm. they've lost their window or is anything ever going to come but we have to understand that that space is so necessary Mm -hmm. even when we breathe like there's that gap that Wayne Dyer talks about right the gap between the breathing that inhale exhale there's always a pause yes everything the heartbeat has a pause everything that is surrounding us our cells have space in between them yes and so space is sacred love that space is sacred so we we can put that into our journey and say okay i'm gonna be okay no matter if i was thrust into this middle passage yes you know i was over here doing fine and now like i'm in this awkward in between space Mm -hmm. we just have to understand that that's okay and that's where and i talk about it in the book this is where transformation takes place in that very place where most people are wanting to you know just take a parachute out, yes. <laughs> reverse, go back to where they came from, or hurry up and go to where they're going. But it's where all the good baking happens. You know, it, it's where the transformation takes place. Yes. But that patience has to be, we have to connect with it. Yes. I love that. That spaciousness yeah. and the, like you said, the sacred aspects of the pause. Yeah. yeah. We have to let it be. Yeah. All of this that you're sharing around identifying what part in the journey, what the climate's like, gets me to think about the power of community. You share really beautifully in your work at multiple points throughout it around mentors in your life who showed you who you were before you could fully see yourself. Identifying and also clarifying the right people and the wrong people. You know, I really appreciate that you weren't saying the wrong people, you know, you weren't using that in like a demonizing way. You're saying it might not be someone who's right for you right now, right? you know, or this person, you know, they might just be going through and they can't hold space for you in this way. All of that is so great. And all of that really just affirmed to me something that we hold so dear within Black Girl Known, which is the power of intentional sisterhood Mm. and cultivating these 
relational dynamics that are actually nourishing us and yeah. giving to a broader collective like healing and the energy that we actually want to see more of in the world. Yeah. You know, I always talk about how the blueprint for Black Girl and Ohm, the kind of like sisterhood that I wanted to cultivate, I experienced and I cultivated when I was in grad school. I definitely went through a dark night of the soul my first year of grad school. <laughs> oh, wow. Didn't have anybody around. Oh. Was for the first time in my life like alone, you yeah. know? You were in the desert. Very much, very much. Yeah. And thank God that next year I attracted two phenomenal women, both black women who are my best friends. Mm. And we were all like in it together. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and showed up for one another. And right. both of them, we've been a friends for about 10 years now. And both of them, we talk all the time about how there are these necessary points on our journey where we had a choice. And you talk a lot about choice in your book. Mm -hmm. We had a choice to deepen into showing up for one another with greater intention, which includes things that you detail around boundaries, even with friends. I was like, wait, boundaries with friends? What? (laughs) I thought it was just for people who are toxic. I thought it was just for people that I don't want to talk to. Right. No. Yep. Because it's about self-care for yourself. What do you need? Identifying what season you're in. Right. You also talk about just having that kind of clarification about like why we're serving each other right you know right what's the purpose of this so yeah. i'd love to actually talk more about the right people and the power yeah. of community with you yeah so the right people bring your soul medicine and that's how you'll know yes so that's from the book <laughs> so yeah the right people they bring your soul medicine they are able to be a mirror for your higher good the right friends and when i say the right friends like i talk about in the book and when I say the wrong people, the mm-hmm. wrong friends, it's not that they're wrong. Yes. It's nothing wrong with them per se as a human. It's just where they are on your journey and where they are on their journey. Yes. That chemical mix of their energy, your energy, mm-hmm. their life, your life, their thoughts, your thoughts, mm-hmm. their belief system, your belief, it just doesn't go together. Yeah. And then in the book, I talk about the chemistry of vibrations and we have to look at our life Mm -hmm. in this way of chemistry. Mm -hmm. You know when a person is right for you. You know, you can feel it. You Mm -hmm. can feel it in your life. And then when you can't, some people may feel, maybe there's not the clarity there yet, but then you look and say, am I moving forward in my life? Mm -hmm. And that's a good marker. Mm -hmm. Am I getting to bigger goals and bigger dreams? And am I doing things less and less that don't serve me anymore because the right right people around you they help that they help prune your life right and that's just an organic way that we are taken care of as soul beings Mm -hmm. and as spiritual beings having this humanly experience this earthly experience that's the way we're just like everything in nature is Mm -hmm. to be taken care of and pruned and nurtured so are we but Mm -hmm. when we have the right people that can happen and what we don't that doesn't happen so that's what we feel we're not growing and we're kind of stagnated and we get comfortable and then we you know five ten years can pass by and we think that we're we're who we are right and we feel okay with that when necessarily we outgrew that we just don't realize it yes we don't realize we're in the old dress that we've outgrown and we're like showing up like we still deserve to be in that dress not realizing that you know we need a new dress Mm -hmm. we need a new lifestyle we Mm -hmm. need you know maybe a new circle of friends so letting go of that it's not always easy i understand that it wasn't always easy for me by any means it can cause some turbulence sometimes 
But when you walk out on faith and you just trust, there's always going to be some huge, huge sign that you get that you did the right thing. And it's always going to be something that is to your benefit. It's a reward. Mm. It's this sacred reward that you get when you do let go of relationships that don't serve you, like fully let go. And we only get to see that reward when we just jump off the cliff. Wow. And just trust. Like, who, I'm thinking whatever. about all these experiences <laughs> in my life right now. <laughs> You're like, this one, this one, that one. Yeah. Oh, it's real, though. Well, and it's what, you know, it brings to mind, too, what you know around a seed needing the right conditions in order yep. to grow. Absolutely. For me, I needed to relocate to the West Coast this past year. Yeah. And people Yay. were like, why did you move? Yes. And we're neighbors. <laughs> um, you know, some people asked me and questioned, like, why are you moving? Like, you have such a strong community in Chicago. Mm-hmm. My spirit just knew. Yeah. And it was a mix of all the things it was just I felt called to transition and sometimes it doesn't make logical sense but it is about the energies of people around you Mm -hmm. the vibration of a place and or people who may not serve that next iteration of your growth and being willing to take that leap like you said absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. it's like replanting yourself and that's the good thing that even when you don't see the garden that you're in because you're in it like a flower maybe if we didn't have mirrors we would never realize what we look like and you know sometimes spiritually on a spiritual level maybe depending on what vibration you're at you can't Mm -hmm. see what your life looks like you can't see what spiritual level you're on right now Mm -hmm. and so a good way to take that into consideration is to do the like some of the practices and you know the introspection practices in the book of like where am I What's feeding my energy? Yes. How am I using my energy? Like, what are my beliefs? What are my thought patterns? Even yes. looking at your fears. Yes. And the surprising thing that can happen is that you'll realize a lot of this mindset, this energy, these likes, they're not even mine. Like, I'm going to take them off and yes. give them back. You can have this back, you know, and then you just walk forward, almost mm-hmm. like that, that waiting to exhale when she's yes. like, lights a cigarette, throws it, and she's like, peace, and yes. walks away. Yes. That's real. That's a real scene. Like, yes. that's what we all have to do with our past and with the things that don't serve us yes. like put it all in a pile yes. mentally maybe write it down yes. light it up <laughs> yes. and let it go because all of that that we think we have to stay attached to mm-hmm. for some gratification mm-hmm. even relationships like you know yes. this is gratifying to have this I have to say especially millennials because I'm a millennial yeah. we define ourselves oftentimes in relationship to mm. the people around us Yeah, that can be an inspiring thing an empowering thing that yeah. can be something that allows you to second guess who you are your Mm self-worth so it is important for us to be extremely mindful and unapologetic too about again reclaiming our power when we realize that we're not in alignment with where we need to be yeah Mm -hmm. no it's very important it's very important to just go back and again to connect to that patience because sometimes finding the right friends for the right season and the right terrain and the right work even the work that you're here to do is going to have a community to attach to that. Yes. And when you let go of the people not serving you and the people who you've outgrown, like sometimes it's nothing wrong with anybody yes. other than we've just outgrown each other. Yes. You know, like we don't take it personal on when we've outgrown some shoes. We may not like it, but we don't take it personal. So if we can get to a point where we're just light about it, yeah. we don't, we're not hard on ourselves about it. Yes. We don't feel guilty about having to walk away from a relationship mm-hmm. when we can do it and just gracefully close out yeah 
then everything changes and we move forward lighter. There's no mm-hmm. shame. Mm-hmm. And we just have to get to a point where we realize it's not personal, it's vibrational. Mm-hmm. And it's purpose yes. driven now. This is my purpose, this is my work. So love me enough to let me go do my purpose in life, oh, you sure. know, to let me do this work that I'm here to do. If we could all do that, yes, it would be such a beautiful world without yes. taking it personal. Yes. And uh, that's what Don Miguel Ruiz has a whole chapter on it, chapter two in the four agreements, right? Yes. Don't take it personally. It's not, no matter how much you think when a person leaves you yes. or does anything to you, it has yes. nothing to do with you. Yes. It's how they're perceiving what you did in their mind. Mm-hmm. So it's all just an inner process and how they're responding to their own inner process. Yes. But it's not you. If it wasn't, you know, if it, he talks about it could have been somebody else sitting there yeah. with you having the conversation, they would have treated yeah. them the same way. Yeah. They would have broke up with them the same way. Yeah. So when you can look back and yes. almost almost have compassion for these people, like, oh, OK, yes, they didn't know any better or they're suffering or they're hurt or, yes. you know, they just maybe don't understand this season like I do so right. I'm gonna honor my season I, I understand and I'm moving honor forward your so season. honor your season mm-hmm. please and just don't take it personally and then don't shame yourself if you're the one having to let go but yes. that is a boundary that you have to put in place for your work because yes. the work it'll show up more and more all the moving pieces come into place mm-hmm. once you're one like you're not stagnant anymore by these relationships holding you but then when you have the right people around they yes. all start to show up more and more yes. as you clear your field you yes. clear the path wow Because they have to find you you know they have to find you energetically yes no i mean for me this year has been particularly with my move about me spending more time with me mm-hmm. and i honestly did not like spending time by myself before yeah i thought that the reason for that was because i was a self-professed like extrovert and yeah. social yeah but i was using that as an excuse to not get to know myself more intimately Mm -hmm. and I also appreciate in the book that you talk about that relationship with self and how essential that is and so maybe we can shift to also talking about prioritizing nourishing time you go into depth about morning ritual Mm -hmm. when I say can't nobody mess with my morning ritual? <laughs> yes. See, that's a sacred boundary. That's it. <laughs> and I had no clue before how important it was for me. Yeah. And, you know, especially, too, because I'm blessed and privileged to be able to decide most days how yeah. to spend my time, how to invest my time. I try to be very clear. It's not spending, it's investing. Um, oh, I love it. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to always be mindful of my language. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that I thoroughly enjoy spending two sometimes three hours in the top of the day just Mm -hmm. focus on me and that also me connects with my ancestors and me connects with the divine you know it's not just me it's like me and my whole spiritual you know court but how my relationship with myself this past year has been something that is inherently blessed and healed and generated more of what I needed in all of the relationships that mattered most to me too. And I didn't expect that. I was like, it's just going to be me and me over here. (laughs) And it's like, I've had friends reach out and just affirm like, we've seen a growth in you, Lauren. And I'm like, literally it's me just spending time with me, Mm -hmm. spending time unconditionally loving me, unconditionally supporting me. That that has brought up so much that's also been painful, but moving through it rather than around it has cultivated a lot of wholeness, I would say. Yeah. 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 And it's that middle space we were talking about where it's actually a technical term for it. It's called liminal, liminal mm, space. Mm. So that's that space in between. So you were in the in-between space and then you were in the desert. And that yeah. again, that's where that transformation happens. Yeah. So you had to be alone. Yes. You had to get to yourself in 
the desert brought you all the way across the country. <laughs> literally. Literally. <laughs> literally. It, it moved you. And so that's what it, these terrains will, will move you. And it's so important, like you knew, to move, to be obedient to the call. Yes. And that's part of the formula. Yes. Because sometimes we're in spaces where we can't grow. We can't thrive. We can't even do our ritual work. I literally reason. couldn't. Yeah. I literally couldn't back in Chicago. Right. Yeah. Isn't that a thing? Mm-hmm. And they've tested and found out now that certain NFL players, mm-hmm. they were getting injuries on certain teams mm-hmm. or n- just not playing. Like they got drafted and they're like, hey, oh, wow. we, we, we're paying you all these millions and yes. you're not, you know, you're not performing. And what they were finding that when they would get traded, they would like come alive again. And there is wow. the person. So a researcher took the time to research what this was going on. And they were finding out that it was geographical location. Wow. So even according <laughs> to your genes and what you have going on, your your genetic structure, yes. you even have to be in a certain environment geographically. Yes. Right? So not yes. just spiritually and not just in your home, but maybe your city is just not making you thrive. Maybe yeah. it's your neighborhood. Maybe you need to just maybe maybe it's okay, let's start small first. Maybe it's just your <laughs> apartment building. Maybe it's the home you're in, right? And maybe that's it's real. just the community. We have signs of that too. Right. Yeah. For example, my parents, the home that I grew up in, there have been two fires there within two years. Oh wow. I'm like, Mama, it's time to move. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. time to move because mm-hmm. we have to know, like our, if you think about it, that's how our people survived, yeah. knowing how to migrate, right? We we migrated west, we migrated north mm-hmm. in order to have a better life. Yeah, and, that's real. You know, and we see with all due respect yeah. when our people stayed in the south, like mm-hmm. what happened? Mm-hmm. It was so much suffering, mm-hmm. unnecessary suffering, yeah. but they didn't realize that they were free. Come on, Harriet Tubman. Yes, <laughs> yes. She's channeling through me right now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> No, seriously, though. But when you can free yourself from your environment mm-hmm. and just trust that, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Yeah. I don't know where this money for the move is going to come. Yeah. I don't have family maybe at this place, right. but I know it's calling me. Yes. If you just say, yes, I surrender. Mm. Show me the way. Guide me. See to it. <laughs> just see to it. And and it'll happen. Yes. It'll happen. And then we just have to trust like you did. You trusted moving out here I remember yes. like it was so <laughs> mystical how you moved out here it, it was I, it, down to like the day it really was like what's that, yeah. and that's it yeah and it was very ancestral yeah it was very ancestral um, right. as I think you know I read a journal of my grandmother's where she said that if she could do it all over again she would have moved out to LA to live with her aunt yes oh I remember that yeah yes yeah. and so there was this like unfulfilled kind of desire that she had to be out here yeah. and so when I read that I was just like oh you know yeah. and reflecting on the healing that happened for me when I spent a month here a year prior to me moving I was just like it was just something that I hadn't experienced before and I was like right. I think it's about the energy of that place though yeah in addition to the particular experience that I had when I was here and it's just trusting right you know it's just trusting mm-hmm. and and another thing too like a place like Los Angeles why it's good because maybe mm-hmm. maybe you're in a food desert mm-hmm. and maybe that's that's the key like maybe you're gonna have to get out of the food desert mm-hmm. and move to a, a place that's lush yeah. you know and it has all the foods all yes. the things all the the teachers and the classes and all yeah. the things that LA can have for people wanting to live healthier. Yes. Not that it's the only place. There's Sedona. You know, there's all these other beautiful places that have it. But that's just one thing. Or maybe you're a creative, and LA right. is a perfect place for creatives, mm-hmm. just like New York is for fashion. So we just have to kind of look at like these energy centers on the map and yes. just kind of figure out where is it that I will thrive best. 
Yes. You know, and that's all it and is. And what season am I in? And what season, mm-hmm. right, what season am I in? Mm-hmm. And what geographical location is going to help me thrive yes. with all this, with all this that I'm carrying right now and going through. And it's so important. And sometimes your environment, like I talked about in the book, it could be your home environment. Maybe it's not as big as moving across the country. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just your home environment. Mm-hmm. And for some reason you can't work and there's a creative block, then there's ways to get in. And, and I always say like, start subtracting when you feel like just life isn't adding up in your living space for right now. Mm-hmm. And then it's just so much energy is cleared out, whether mm-hmm. it's like decluttering closets. Because yes. everything you have in your home, there's energy attached to it. When you said that, I was like, oh, some things I need to clean out of my closet, you know, that we just justify. But yeah, everything does carry a vibration, like you emphasize. And like for me, I'm just really bad with like receipts. Like I just keep a bunch of receipts. Oh, that's a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I have this like bag filled with receipts. It's like, am I even really going to do anything with those? I just need to scan them and shred them and move on. Right. Right. And then some things that just carry energy from like past relationships that I don't need. Yeah. I'm typically good about passing it on, but sometimes, you know, you get sentimental, you hold on to something that yep. you don't really need anymore. Right. And really honoring that it is impacting me. Yeah. Looking at it, it's impacting me. It is. Mm-hmm. And a big energy cleanse for that mm-hmm. is have you tried deleting pictures from one wow. social media, but on your hard drive, your wow. computer? Okay. That's even a thing too. <laughs> And, and, you know, pictures, because we're so used to it in yeah. our times, but there's some indigenous cultures where you mm-hmm. cannot take their pictures. They're like, no way. You know, that's a whole energetic thing for them. Yeah. Like, they don't want to be photographed. And so if we can just look at that as energy as well, mm-hmm. of the energy that this picture is still carrying. And when you get rid of these things, it's not just throwing it away, but mm-hmm. you want to throw it away and then away from your home. So whether it's getting Ooh, in the car and going somewhere to release it. That's yeah. interesting. Because you don't want it to stay. It's just like when you smoke out, when you sage your yeah, house. Yeah. When you're smudging it, you're opening the window so it can have a, a outlet. A place to actually go. It yeah. has to go somewhere, yeah. right? Because then it's just going to like, you know, it's going to run away from you and then hide somewhere. That's real. <laughs> right? That's real. So then that's why you're like, why am I still thinking about so-and-so? Or why am I, you know, but it's really when we can just cut cords. Yes. And just really quick a good practice for that is Mm -hmm. cutting cords or pulling cords it's just a visually after you have a conversation or after you have a thought about a person or an interaction with somebody that maybe just didn't rub you the right way Mm -hmm. or maybe an event maybe you encouraged me after the expansion tour I told you I was like yes feeling energetically I would say drained which I'm just being real and sharing that. And it wasn't that I didn't get yeah. filled up by the community. Right. But it's that the extent of travel that yeah. I was doing. Yeah. And I realized how all of my rituals and practices needed to actually be in overdrive. Yeah. And we learn. We yeah. learn for a reason. So yeah. now it's informing everything that I'm doing travel-wise right. in 2020. But you told me, Ooh. guess what? It doesn't just have to be for toxic ties. Yeah. You can also envision cutting cords for anyone that you may have come in contact with, especially if it's a large amount of people oh yeah yeah especially that because you know you're a magnet and you're you're holding space you're mm-hmm. taking this all in mm-hmm. and so it's so important for us to look at when it's spiritual work we understand that we apply it to not just the heavy and the toxic and right. the negative like however we're seeing that but also to the good days like mm-hmm. we we want to do the work all the way around mm-hmm. maybe you're in a relationship like mm-hmm. you just need to pull away from your partner and you know cut cords like at least 
twice a week. Mm. You're cutting twice cords. Twice a week? Yes. And not, not that you're Ugh, like physically not being around them, but yes. mentally and spiritually, yes. you're saying, I'm pulling away right now and getting a reset, a reboot from yes. this person's thing, Yes, whatever. Because we have to understand in order to show up individually, mm-hmm. we have to always live in our power. Yes. Because before we know it, we're like, you yes. know, everything this person is about, we're just merging and we don't, you know, we can't find yes. the parameters anymore. And it's yeah, just like, that's oh, true. it's just blurred out. Especially right? for those of us who are still practicing, it's of course a lifelong journey, but boundaries that honor our energy, yeah. that's me. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I found that I can absolutely take on someone else's reaction and or emotions as my own. Totally. Yeah. And so I think that you prescribing that <laughs> as my <laughs> spiritual doctor, I'm going to try and commit to a more frequent practice. Could you talk exactly about cord cutting ritual? Because I realize yeah. we keep talking about it, but we haven't really named exactly how someone <laughs> might approach the practice yeah. itself. So you visualize yourself, and this could be a 30-minute meditation where you go all the way in and get as comfortable as you need mm-hmm. and you know just really drop in that way in a certain amount of time. Or it could be something where you need to cut right away mm-hmm. and be onto something else in five minutes or in the next moment. So this is a good thing about core cutting that you can do it in any way and it takes no amount of time mm-hmm. to actually do it. So what you do is you visualize whoever the person is that you're thinking about or what a, it could be a stranger on the street. Mm-hmm. It could be somebody having road rage. But what you do is you see a cord between you and that person this link it could be whatever whatever this cord needs to look like to you it could be clear it could be translucent it could be black it could be a chain but you just imagine yourself clipping it yes or if it's a plug you're like pulling the plug mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. of this person's energy body yes. so that it's not feeding into you anymore yes there's nothing crossing wires anymore and so it's a really effective way to cut the cord really quick to stop the energy and we have to remember that and this works because we are vibrational beings. Yes. And so a lot of things, like for anyone listening, like, oh, this sounds too airy fairy. <laughs> it's <laughs> not. It's, it's amazing. Not. It's amazing and it works. <laughs> but if you think about, like, you can worry yourself into a bellyache. You know, yep. you can worry yourself into a headache. You can yes. worry yourself into tears. So, and like I talk about this in the book, our bodies, what we think about emotionally, mentally, yes. our bodies can respond to it physically. So you have power to move things and whether you see it, whether you realize like what's happening, but like your thoughts, your beliefs, that's stepping into your power in that moment when you pull a cord, when you cut that energy, right? So it's living in your power even to assert yourself in a way to say, no, I'm pulling the plug, I'm clipping this cord, done. And then allowing yourself post-ritual to continue to honor that by how you choose to engage or not if it is a specific person I think that's that's key because we can go back into I'll just own for myself you know I can sometimes feel obligated right Mm -hmm. an obligation I just try to call it out as soon as I notice that it shows up in my life and I'm like what is this really about you know and for me, because like unconditional love and support for myself is such a ritual now, it's like I have to love myself enough to not go back there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that ritual. That's sure. going to be really helpful for so many people yes. in that community. Oh, I'm so grateful. Yes. Cut those cords. <laughs> well, kind of. 
I think too with you being a woman of color and this being a book where you speak so much to your experiences in your life, some of which you you reflect on your childhood growing up in South Central LA during the time that you did, which, you know, it was very much considered a war zone. Mm -hmm. You talk very transparently about your relationship with your mother and someone that she was married to at the time who was discriminatory towards her children who were half black and half Spanish, right? Right. So you talk very openly about aspects of both class and race that you experience early on that because of how the world is set up presented trauma for you. And I know that this book is intended to be a resource, particularly for women of color. You desire for this to be more in our hands so that we can learn the ways that we can acknowledge and accept different things that we navigate Mm -hmm. and allow for those to be lessons, those to be teachers, and for us to really, again, claim our power (laughs) and rise into the person and to the highest self that we are all intended to be. So could you talk more about like your intention in authoring this book and thinking about, you know, so many black and brown women around the world who'd be receiving this and what your hope is for us? Yeah, my hope for us in this book is to see that we are here we have a divine right to vibrate higher and we have a divine right to unfold Mm -hmm. and to live our power to vibrate higher daily you know it's not just people of privilege who are here to vibrate higher and to heal and to see all the beautiful things and to self-actualize but it's us it's it's the girl right now like worn out every day by her workload maybe carrying tons of clothes on public transportation and a child and trying to get to work and to the laundromat and you know a mother who is on public assistance a student who is trying to figure it out maybe soul searching and can't find her way in the world because it doesn't look like her in her community or she doesn't know how to show up in a community where she feels she has to play small in you know she doesn't understand the lingo I've been there before like how do I even show up and how do I talk and am I going to sound too black and am I going to be too urban like let's yes. just get real these are things that we have to worry about yes and so even as a person that's of mixed cultures and race for me it was always a matter of am i enough for either side you know mm. because that was that thing sadly that happens to biracial people to where you don't sometimes and i don't know if it's out of you know children mm-hmm. just being children and not mm-hmm. really seeing because now we know that people of color are just you can be as white as a wall. <laughs> Why is that wall right there? Yes. Or you can be as black as yes. this microphone, right? Yes. So yes. people of color become in all shades. Yes. But I think as young children, we don't see that. And we kind of, mm-hmm. you know, just, oh, you're not black or yeah. you're not Spanish. Or, you and know, depending so, on where we grow up and who's validating right. who we are, our identities or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so, so sometimes that can even come from like within your own communities and stuff. But it's just a matter of knowing that you are enough. No matter what anybody says, you're enough. And then when that translates into a bigger picture for us as people, we've come through so much trauma, our ancestors, that we know now that it's proven and it's been researched Mm -hmm. and it's been in journals and it's been all over the place now by this point, is that we carry the trauma of our ancestors. And so not all people of color's ancestors have been through trauma. So I do want to be clear on that. Yes. But the ones who have, it's like we are starting already. We're coming here at a disadvantage already. And 
that disadvantage can be sacred when you know what to do with it. Yes. When you know what to do with it. Because I believe at the end of the day that our creator who gave us this mission on earth was like, okay, this is the battalion you're gonna be in and you're gonna be doing this part thing and, and this is gonna happen to you. It's not yes. gonna feel good. You might forget why you were here. You might forget that we all planned this, you know, to get you there, but we got your back. Yes. This is home center. This is your control center. Yes. We got you connect anytime, but we can forget. And so this book is to help us remember who we are. Yes. And as women of color, and then even when you look at the culture in a bigger picture, mm -hmm. like my hope for this book is to just embed this information of vibrations into the culture to know what we're doing with our work. Yes. And what we're doing with how we show up. Yes. When we serve people, you know, are we at a place of employment? Yes. You know, are we transferring our bad mood onto yes. other people? Are we allowing other people to transfer their impatience and bad mood onto us? Yeah. So how can we set these boundaries? How can we show up in our power yes. to vibrate higher no matter where we are? Yes. And then when we understand that, we can take this through the food we eat, through the friendships that we cultivate, through the way that we want to show up in the world, yes. the way that we want to live our power in the world, because that's a thing. You may find your power, but then what vibration is it? Mm. And so sometimes you can see people who are living their power, but yes. they're living it more to a lower vibrational spectrum. Mm. And so when you understand that there's a spectrum now, even of living my power, yeah. and we all know about corrupt power. <laughs> Hello, yep. as of yesterday, hey, yep. you know, no longer our president. <laughs> yeah. So we don't want to abuse our power, yes. our use of power, because and this that's power, real. That's, that's real, real, right? Yep. Yeah. Whether you're a parent, whether you're in a relationship, you know, with your partner, mm -hmm. whether you're in power as an employee serving customers, like we don't want to abuse power. Yeah. And then even as a customer who has privilege, a person of privilege, we don't want to abuse whatever power we have at that moment. Yes. So it's just a matter of helping culture to understand how to just be in this vibrational field that we live in called Earth. Mm -hmm. And to understand vibrations through awareness and yes. how to show up better. Because until we understand that this is the ecosystem that we're all a part of, we're yes. all important, yes. we have to understand that we we have a right to be here, first of all, in the ecosystem because we're here. Yeah. And we don't have to do anything else besides that yes. to belong here. Yes. You know, we were placed here, so we're supposed to be here. But it's a matter of healing our thoughts towards mm -hmm. ourselves. And then other communities can help by continuing to open space, mm -hmm. not just hold space, but open space, yes. because yes. that looks different than holding space. Opening space means that you are now creating opportunities, you're referring, yes. you know, you're sending people over this way, yes. and even like you're gifting people of color, you know, if you have discretionary income, you're thinking about gifting maybe a woman of color you know, maybe buying her a class or you know introducing her to a teacher something that you know she's yes. into yes. like it's it's this little things how now in modern times that people who aren't of color can show up as the modern day quakers you yeah. know and continue their work to where the quakers truly truly i'm just like I have so much love for the Quakers because mm -hmm. they really were so real. They held space and they were just high spiritually based beings that yes. came to the planet where yes. I believe they were earth angels <laughs> <laughs> to, you know, to be by our side helping yes. us. Yes. And they saw, you know, mm -hmm. what their race were doing to people of color and they weren't here for it. Yeah. They're like not on our watch. Yeah. And so that can happen today. Right. Yes. Yes. And with this book, I believe also that it's a good book to start the conversation of community and what community can look like holding space support community yes holding support as sisterhood 
in families yes. and then across ethnicities even yes. of what that looks like. Yes. And I think at the end of the day, my main goal and my main interest, I guess, as a biracial person is to see the gap closed, mm. to understand that at the end of the day, we're just vibration. Mm-hmm. Vibration is just vibration. Mm-hmm. And when we even can close our eyes, if a person sits next to you, yeah. all you feel is their energy. Yeah. Like that's what it is at yeah. the end of the day. And, so, and not in a way that like diminishes race. Because I think sometimes, yeah. or the realities of race in this world. Because yes. I think sometimes when people start talking about like, we're all one, that's yeah. what it can sound like. But I just want to affirm that that's not what you're talking about. You're no. talking about like how we're spirit. We're spirit. No, exactly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's what I'm saying. No, absolutely. Yeah, because our race, like, we are sent to our race Mm -hmm. for a particular reason. Just like we were sent here. So it's all so important. Black girl and all. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And 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 owning that. And owning Owning that. that. And knowing that you have a purpose, you have a reason, you have a birthright to be here in all your gloriousness, whoever you are. And I think that that's why right now in the time we're in now yes not only with the me too movement which is so necessary Mm -hmm. but also with the movement of cultures like taking their stance back like nope i'm not an immigrant and i just don't i don't like the word immigrant anyway Mm -hmm. we're all Mm -hmm. who who's not an immigrant we're all an immigrant to earth first of all yeah you know (laughs) real talk yeah you know Mm -hmm. so this is just to keep it real that on a spiritual level yes you can't see yourself being better Mm -hmm. than other races to the point of keeping them behind or wanting your race to do better Mm -hmm. or you know seeing this class as less than right it just doesn't work out as we see it hasn't worked out right and it's not going to work out so we have to really honor other people as the vibrational beings that they are yes and then that's when we get into compassion and understanding this is a spiritual being having experience absolutely and even if let's just have fun with this Mm -hmm. even if each race came from their own planet right Mm -hmm. (laughs) their own star (laughs) system which hey some people some hey that some people believe that like are from Sirius Mm -hmm. and um, I've been told I I'm from Sirius. That's what I'm. They're like well, you're we'll from Sirius. We'll talk about that later, right, right? I don't know anything about this. Yeah. Oh, girl, this is a whole another rabbit hole. <laughs> but I've been. Yeah, and they would probably say you're from Sirius too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they've told me this a few times. It's interesting. So, but let's just say we're all from different planets, and we come here like just intergalactic place mm-hmm. that Earth is. It can mm-hmm. look like right, but we're all honoring where we all came from. Kind of like yes. Star Wars. You have all these different creatures yes. that are all together, coexisting, have, coexisting, mm-hmm. in their power functioning, and so that's for me what a higher vibrational world can look like to where it's beautiful and it's everyone's functional everyone's doing them yes and it's not about anybody trying to take you know the hierarchy or the power away from another person or another group of people but how can we accentuate yes the earth yes being here yes yeah i love that i think one of the last notes with you that i'd love to land on is about family because you just noted family and it sparked in me something that's beautiful about you which is that you're a mother and in your really beautiful dedication at the top of the book which had me literally teary-eyed and so moved you honored your mother and you honored your children and you said something about how your children are your spiritual what did you say your spiritual partners or my reinforcers Yes, yes yes Yeah, you said, as you've grown, I've grown. As I've grown, you've grown. We've grown into the closest of spiritual friends. Oh, spiritual yeah, friends. Spiritual okay, friends. I'm thinking about the back of the book. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, where? Lots of words in this Lots book. Lots of words. Yes. And I was spiritual just like, that's friends. so beautiful to consider 
motherhood and like the role because everyone you bring a different intention mm-hmm. of motherhood and then yeah. I'm sure that once you actually have the children then things just get flipped upside down and you see that they're there to teach you something so Truly. could you speak more to how your journey on this path informs how you show up as a mother yeah absolutely so the journey of my daughter having my daughter at 23 and in I mean in the height of my dysfunctional life Mm -hmm. my dysfunctional former life rather correction yes we don't want to claim that now yes (laughs) so we went through it all it was like upside down inside out and just all the trauma Mm -hmm. I, I talk about it in the book and it was where when I was mothering her I didn't know how to show up for myself it was straight survival mode mm. every single day and it was hard mm-hmm. it was hard it was a hard life and part of the time i was on public assistance i remember feeling like where has my life come to you know right. just knowing my history like where i was just a few years before that mm-hmm. and but i felt that i couldn't reach out for help i was ashamed and yeah. i didn't want my family to know and i knew that if i let my family know maybe i wouldn't have to continue to suffer right. but sometimes our power it's so small because the other person has broken it down or the situation breaks it down or the experience breaks it down so small to where we're just like, okay, I can't reach out or I'm going to be judged. Right. Not knowing all the time yeah. that if you speak out, that's how the healing starts. That's yes. how the way happens. And if we're not afraid of being judged, even like, who cares? Just <laughs> get out. Just run, you know, just run for freedom. Yes. And really just not taking on anybody else's projections and saying, you know, I need to tell my truth. Yes. That was, for me, that's when I started to heal and mm. really seek a different life. Mm. When I was like, this is enough. Whatever I have to do, this is the last time I'm doing this, experiencing this. Yes. And when I was able to go through the desert for a long time, mm-hmm. it was it was the most beautiful experience Mm. and I was able to hear myself Mm -hmm. I was able to look at my patterns look at things that I need to take accountability for even Mm -hmm. coming out of that experience because I didn't at this point yeah we can easily say it was all this but I easily knew that I had to take my own accountability Mm -hmm. for this relationship of just being there of holding space for it mm. because that's all I could do at this point and I knew that like that's the power I'll turn that into my power yes. and now I take my power back and say okay no more I walked away and so when I walked away from that what happened like I was talking about you just you're you're stepping into this unknown process mm-hmm. that middle journey and the healer started to show up yes. the way the change the transformation started to happen and I'm like, oh, okay, this is all I had to do this whole time. I was like, leave. And that's why the movie um, The Wiz is just so my favorite. real. Is it your favorite? Obsessed. One of my favorite yes. childhood movies. Yeah. I just oh have like gosh. really fond memories of watching it with my mother and my grandmother too. Yes. And just loving everything. Everything. Yes. yes. It's like the movie where no matter where you're in life, you can always get something from it. Yes. And it's so metaphysical. It's so spiritual. It's just so real. Yes. You know, we're all afraid to leave the nest at some point mm-hmm. in in some way some people mm-hmm. maybe it's going into a career field maybe it's some people literally leaving home maybe it's some yeah. people leaving a relationship that's toxic maybe it's leaving a mindset that's not serving you but that's me right now <laughs> amen hey but you know what self-knowledge is key yeah right and you know and then that right there is what neutralizes 
all the blockage yes. when you claim it yes. and you just give it a name and say, I know. Yes. Free yourself. <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. I love it. And so that's the thing, because that's what I did at that moment. I had to free myself. Mm. I had to say, okay, I'm in this toxic cycle of accepting this type of behavior in mm-hmm. a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I had to claim what my role in it was. Like, who was I showing up in this whole movie? Like, what was right. my role, right? right? Instead of thinking I was just like a, a person in the audience yeah. the whole time. Like a passive observer right. that something just happened to. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, and victimhood. Like, I yeah. had to get straight out of victimhood. Yeah. That's what I, I know for sure. And like I say in the book, like, I was clear that I was victimized, yeah. but not claiming a victim anymore allowed my strength to show up in a different way yes and it's just a a different way you assert yourself in the spiritual realm now and the spirit realm around you starts taking notice (laughs) definitely even to the point of when you assert yourself you'll start to see how people show up different people respond to you different yes and a cool vibrational energetic check is just pay attention to when you are feeling not like yourself mm. and you're either at a store or somewhere in public, watch how people treat you. Mm. And then when you're completely in your power, most of the time all dolled up and like whatever, yes. watch how people treat you. I mean, I was telling you, I went to a yoga nidra class the other night. I went on the heels of setting really powerful intentions mm. and both when I walked into the class and immediately after the class ended, the instructor made a beeline for me both times. She doesn't know anything about me. Wow. (laughs) She felt compelled, you know, it was an energetic vibrational response to give me all this information about the practice, to give me all this information about her upcoming classes, to let me know all the things. And everything she was saying was in direct alignment with the intentions that I had set. Mm. Every single thing. I didn't question it. I didn't ask her why you telling me I was just like I'm here and I'm, I'm here. open and I'm receiving all of this yeah that's it Lauren and it's so powerful because you literally are putting on a shield mm-hmm. and in the Bible they talk about put on the whole armor of God yes you're putting on the whole armor of God like of the most high of the divine you know the God of your own understanding yes. you're putting on this armor that is carrying you wherever you go for this day Absolutely. and so you have to remember to put on your armor every day which is you know whatever helps you to do your work better for that day yes ground yeah. into that whether it's praying gratitude attitude journaling having a just a cup of tea quiet slow moving through the morning Mm -hmm. you know like taking a salt bath like whatever it is just do the things that help heal you and help you vibrate higher yes those are the way you know that's the path yes but to get back to the mothering it was so important for me to put that in the book my relationship with my children but then also talk about vibrations which maybe in another book in the future i'll do i think we talked about this a little Girl, bit about parenting. I, spoke, I said <laughs> i remember sending you a little voice note months ago like wait a minute i know you're still working on book number one but we already know it's about to be fire and so transformational where's oh. the book about motherhood and children and i'm mostly asking yes. for selfish reasons because i gotta get ready <laughs> you gotta get ready <laughs> I, I have to help you get ready <laughs> i'm here for this i'm yes. so here for this yes no i got you it's a thing yeah how your mindset is for one and this is when i found out when i was pregnant with my son Mm -hmm. no before i conceived okay i watched this tape and it was so powerful it was by the minister Mm -hmm. minister farrakhan and it's called how to give birth to a god oh wow and if i tell you this tape is so hard to get a hold of and i finally got a hold of it girl and something in me was like you just have to find this tape like Mm -hmm. i knew i wasn't pregnant i didn't plan on getting pregnant but i was like girl that's powerful like okay whatever that is i need to watch it yes and granted i was any any teeny baby on my journey Mm -hmm. at this time 
And this is during my time also, granted, side note, I was in the Nation of Islam at this time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I used to be in the Nation of Islam. XM, shout out to my MGTs. <laughs> yes, my dad was actually for a time. Oh, he was a free So he Islam? has stories. F-O-R. I have stories, yeah. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, then there we are. Yeah, I had to call, like, I was calling all around the mosques. Mm-hmm. And finally, I, in your old neighborhood, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, Chicago, like, yeah. I was able to call the main okay. and um, get the main mosque and finally track this tape down because it was so old. It was a VCR. That's how old it was. Wow. VCR tape. Wow. And this was back in uh, 2006 or seven, wow. something like that. So I watched this tape and so compelled to get it. And I did all this thing. This is like another mystical watch on your life all these mystical things you're drawn to because <sighs> yes. they're for a reason. And don't right? think it's a mistake. And don't think it's a mistake. Yep. And don't think you're weird. And don't give up if you can't find it. Yes. Keep, you know, keep on that yellow brick road yes. until you get there. And so I watched this tape and it just talks about. And granted, the minister didn't come up with this information, mm-hmm. but because a lot of it was like what I saw in The Secret and all the other things. But right. this tape was filmed in the 80s, which mm-hmm. was way before The Secret. So I just knew he was on it. But it just talks about the baby's brain is a printing press when mm-hmm. it's in your womb. Mm-hmm. Every single thing that you think about, that you talk about, that you hear, wow. is being printed onto the printing press of this baby's mind. For me, the mind is the mind body. It's the, the whole thing. Right. All of who you are. Your mind is all throughout your body. But even the brain, right? It's even printing on the baby's brain. Wow. And so the minister was just like, you can't show up. And when he says how to give birth to a God, that's a big term. But that's basically how to give birth to a citizen who is ready to be on this earth yeah. in their power. Yeah. Right? Yes. yes. And so when we don't do that, when we don't prepare for what's in our womb, mm. we don't know. It's like shooting craps. <laughs> Anything mm-hmm. could come up. You know, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. what's this going to be? Yeah. Or like fishing, like, okay, what did I do? Is this a good catch? And not to mean that in any type of inhumane way, right. but just there's like no intention and so we don't understand that we have power. Yes. This and is when a we seed. have that awareness, how will that possibly change how we show up for that right. role? How that role, mm-hmm. because we are nurturing this human being mm-hmm. in the making, this mm-hmm. seed, this spirit that's coming to now actualize as a human. Yes. And so we have power to guide that whole process. And so from him... I continued to do my research and then I started learning about all these other fields that just all cross connected about, you know, raising a calm child, Mm -hmm. raising a child who wanted to serve and be kind in the world. Like it was just compassionate. Yes. And it was just so important for me to continue to do this work. And what that looked like for me was I remember at the time my sister and I had this thing of watching um, Judge Hatchet. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Judge Hatchet? Yes. <laughs> the court yes. shows. My mom is a fan of all the court shows. Okay. Her yes. biggest one is Judge Judy, though. Judge, I was going to say, yes, Judge Judy was one of them. And I would always go up to my sisters when it was time to watch these. and Or we would TiVo them and mm-hmm. catch up. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the reality show sometimes, just mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And now that I'm, th- I'm like, I used to watch that stuff, <laughs> Layla. <laughs> Like, oh my it is funny to imagine. Yeah, like yeah. now because I truly am a new being, a new mm-hmm. creation. Mm-hmm. But I send her love because she, you know, she was entertaining herself and she was holding mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. for herself the best she could. Yeah, that's what I'll say. Yes. And so once I finally did become pregnant, mm-hmm. and the thing also was, do you even desire mm-hmm. to birth a beautiful? thriving being into the world like have you even put that intention into your wow. mind like it's a meditation like you know i love you you're wanted 
cherish you, like yes. sending these loving, warm thoughts that you are wanted. Because a lot of times, you know, he was talking about how, you know, we get pregnant, we're like, ah, oh, you know, like it's just like this negative thing that happens. Mm -hmm. And so with even that, I was like, well, okay, even before my child one day, maybe if I have another one, like comes, like I have to put the send this love into mm -hmm. my womb. And so fast forward just from changing the way I was eating mm -hmm. from doing this work that kind of was a catalyst but then it opened a door to a lot of other books I was reading and and granted I was doing a mixture of things at this time mm -hmm. I was in therapy I was just doing a bunch of things so this was just one more of yeah. something to come in and open my mind yeah and we even if you're not into the nation of Islam one thing I do say is that you never know how the divine is going to show up to help you Love. it might be through another religion it might be through another race it might be through a book that you think you would never have interest in it's just anything but I was able then to from there continue to see how my healing was going to also have to be in my mothering as well mm. and so the way I was with wow. my daughter very on survival mode mm -hmm. like everything was just so lower chakra mm -hmm. so in that aspect I saw how she acted out a lot mm -hmm. she was a very overactive child mm -hmm. and it's so funny I can laugh about it now as a mother I was all in my feelings because a number of her teachers thought that she had ADD mm. but then when they would test her she didn't have it yeah and I was like, like my child does not have ADD. But yeah. now, looking back, you know, having all my training and just being in the field for all these years, I understand that it was me. Mm. It was my energy mm. feeding her. Mm. My worry, my wow. stress, my trauma was feeding her not only in my womb, yes. but outside of the womb. And mm -hmm. so once I was able to heal, as you know, India now is India. the most calm. <laughs> her energy is a blessing. Oh, thank mm -hmm. you so much. Number one, it was <laughs> so important for me to do that for her to make sure that she was healing with me. Mm -hmm. And the way that I helped her was very subtle of changing me, changing how I spoke to her. And that's such a word. Yeah. Because when we get excited about yeah. our own growth potential and we're learning mm -hmm. more and you're a spiritual practitioner, like you were yeah. learning, you were studying yes. as well as being a really avid student of life. We do desire to then enforce that change on others. But right. I just love what you said, and I wanted to emphasize that because it's yeah. like it inherently, your own change and your own transformation with yourself inherently rippled out and impacted her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was very clear. I got the message that I couldn't force it on her because yes. she was in middle school when this was happening. And so <laughs> I know that that was a very pivotal stage yes. of right before rebellion. And I just wanted to honor her process because yes. at this time, too, I was also learning how teenage and preteens, how the brain works and how the hormones work mm. as well. Mm -hmm. and how they're wired and I was like okay I know that they're wired to rebel it's a survival thing they're having to leave home you know as these primal creatures and their brains are thinking about survival and they have to live for themselves in the world yes. so even when I understand that they're not so much trying to act out they're mm -hmm. trying to really understand this chemical process happening in their brain then reacting to you as a parent sometimes that could just turn into a whole mess mm. so <laughs> it's when both sides can mutually pause mm. and then just love each other through the process that. that's what's so important versus like judging and you know you're out of control teen and yes. you don't understand me as a parent that whole thing and and granted it wasn't always easy during her teenage years right. but I knew that it was my responsibility because I was learning at this time to be patient with her yes. and compassionate and know that she was going through her middle passage yes. and I knew that she was going to 
eventually if I stayed on my journey come along and so she did and now she's you know, out she's, here yeah <laughs> doing her spiritual thing spreading her light and love yes yes I give thanks <laughs> I tell you I give thanks because at her age I was still lost and y'all look like twins yeah <laughs> <laughs> she my little mini me now my big mini mini me because she's like way yes. taller than me but yes <laughs> I'm so proud of you, India, if you're listening, yes. doing the work. Hey, India. Cousin India. <laughs> cousin India. Yeah, Lauren calls her cousin, and she calls Lauren. They call each other both cousins. So cousin India and yes. cousin Lauren. It's so cute. Well, this is great. I also want to acknowledge that this was your second time on the Black Girl Known podcast. So for anyone listening, the first conversation with Layla from two seasons ago, I believe, we talked a lot more around the definitions around vibrating higher daily, what that actually means. We talked a lot more about rituals as well. So I know that everyone listening loved this conversation, is going to go get your book. And I just encourage everyone to check out that first episode as well, because we got into some really beautiful beautiful things also about your story in that one too yeah where can people continue to connect with you i know you have courses on your website that further support all kinds of people journeying through this path yeah so if you could share more about how we can continue to stay in touch so my website is vibratehigherdaily.com and then across social media platforms it's at layla delia And then every Sunday, I do a newsletter called Sacred Sundays. And that's just medicine for your soul once a week. There's affirmations, goodies, and things to help you grow in your journey. Mm -hmm. And to really help check and chart where you are. And not in a way that's going to be heavy, but just in a loving way. Mm -hmm. You know, a loving nudge to make sure you're moving along and vibrating higher and living in your power that you deserve to be. Yes. And then my book is available on my website and then you can order online of course anywhere books are sold and then local bookstores so I'm so excited and check and see like local bookstores I've been trying to get the list together and I need to have a conversation with my publisher as well like (laughs) which ones because I'm getting like where is it at and we've all just been so excited to see where the book is getting and and where it is but I'm so excited that the book is out in the world to just be now a more expansive way of spreading my message that is help me save my life change my life transform my daughter's life you know, offer my son now a loving, compassionate way to show up in the world mm-hmm. as a young child. So this book came through me, but it's for all of us. Oh, it's all of us. Everything in this book was so necessary mm-hmm. to me no longer suffering in the world and overcoming to the point of living my power. And even today, being on this radio show, talking yes. to you, yes. sitting across from you. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it's so clear that you're living in your power. Mm-hmm. And Thank you. Um, Girl, I get emotional. I'm so emotional. Me too. Okay. (laughs) Woo. Because you just inspire me so much. You really do. And I feel like we talk about this a lot, but like you feel like both a sister slash auntie slash I don't even know. Like it's just really amazing to see someone who is very authentic in what they are telling others to do like you live this you live all of this and so this book is again the culmination of your lifetime there's more to come (laughs) and for me too slowly but surely working on my own book I think that's why I'm so emotional too because it's like (laughs) this process of not just writing and the more like I'm doing this thing because it has to be done in production, but the channeling and the showing up for the philosophy and the spirituality that Mm. you know is important 
it leads to something tangible and something tangible that then blesses countless others. So I think that's also why I get emotional because it's like, okay, (laughs) I can do it. I can do it. You can. You know? And you are doing it. Yeah, thank you. You are doing it. And I'm I'm just so excited (laughs) to see what this birthing is going to do in my life, but then in the life of everyone listening and beyond that. Yeah. Yes. And just keep listening to that current, holding space for that current to come through. Yes. That's it. That's it. Just letting the current have the space in you to even be. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being here, for standing in your power, living your power, and sharing your power with all of us. Mm, Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And Get Vibrate Hard Daily, Live Your Power. It is a book. And share it with your loved ones, your community. It really is a book to help change the world. Yes. Ashe. Ashe. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Hey, community. I want you to close your eyes and just picture a sisterhood that's filled with thousands of journeyers just like you, lifting one another up, spiritual teachers, thought leaders, wellness practitioners pouring into you with their insights. Open your eyes and you should probably head over to blackgirlhome.com because we have this community for you. The Circle sources our members with empowering guides, divinely ordained connections, and culturally aligned resources for you as you expand into your most authentic self. I'm so grateful that enrollment is open and it won't be for long, so be sure to head over to blackgirlgnome.com and check out The Circle. Affirm that you discover this conversation in divine time and that you'll activate any of the insights that resonated with you powerfully moving forward. Now, at Black Girl and Home, we're all about gratitude. So, special thanks to our audio engineer, India Jordan, for adding your magic, Khalid B for your original music, Valerie Titus Glover and Rosalind Davis for your support in the production of this episode, and thank you, yes, you, <laughs> for listening to the show. Y'all, Black Girl and Home is here for you. We're actively rewriting the narrative of what well being looks like to ourselves and in our communities. To get more involved and to learn more about us, head to blackgirlandom.com and join our newsletter while you're at it. If you do, you'll get an exclusive and free download of a meditation led by yours truly for Black women and girls everywhere. Are you also deepening into your journey of wholeness and healing with us on social? Follow us at Black Girl and Ohm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. What we're about here is real sustained impact. If you're influenced by something that you heard on our podcast and want to support, you can make a contribution today by heading to blackgirlinohm.com slash support. All right, y'all, breathe easy.